Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Tamika Montgomery from the Raising Entrepreneurs podcast. Hey, this is Mark Massandrea from Iconic. Hey, this is John Gordon, author of The Power of a Positive Team. And if you want to have a network like mine. And if you want to learn how to blow up your network. And if you want to learn how to achieve success in your relationships. You should be listening to Build Your Network. Build Your Network podcast. Build Your Network podcast. With my good friend, Travis Chappell. Travis Chappell. Travis Chappell. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey there, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another topic episode here on Build Your Network. Today's topic, connecting with legends. So for those of you who are new to the show, every Wednesday we bring on a topic episode. So what we do is we go back, we find unique clips of past interviews with people who have been on the show, and we put them all into one single episode for bite-sized niche, valuable content. So if you listen to anybody here on today's episode and you're like, man, I really I really resonate with that person's message, just know that they have an entire full episode. So you can just go over to travischapel.com and search for that individual and find their full episode so you can go listen to that as well. So today we are bringing on Tamika Montgomery, Mark Brazil, and John Gordon. Connecting with legends is the topic. So Tamika has connected with the Obamas, 
Mark Brazil has connected with Gary Vaynerchuk and Tom Bilyeu and is in business with them, not just like shaking their hands, but actually is in business with them. And then uh, John Gordon does uh, speaking and training for NFL teams, NBA teams, professional sports teams, large organizations, all around the topic of leadership. He's a multiple times best-selling author. And all three of these people have gems to drop on us today. So I'm really, really excited for you to hear from them on how to connect with legends. But first, really quickly, if you want or are interested in at all having a podcast in 2020, that's part of your goals, and you are a six or seven figure business owner, then I would love to chat with you. And by the way, even if you're not 100% sure that you want to go that route, at least just set up a call with me because we can at least chat to see if it would be a good fit for you to even have a show to begin with. And then after that, we'd be able to decide, hey, is this something that we would want to work on together? So that's just at travischapel.com slash apply. I'll go through a quick little process and then you can book a time on my calendar so that we can chat real soon. If I don't chat with you there, hopefully I'll see you over in the Facebook group, travischapel.com slash group. And without any further ado, here is today's episode, Connecting with Legends with Tamika Montgomery, Mark Brazil, and John Gordon. I'm originally from Colorado. So I live in Washington, D.C. now, but I'm from Colorado and at the time was living, I moved back to Colorado probably, I think it was in 2000, 2001. I had, in fact, been living for a couple of years here in the D.C. area. I was a what's called a presidential management fellow with the U.S. Department of Justice. And essentially, that's a program that recruits people out of graduate school or law school to get on a fast track into the upper levels of government. And so I was finished my degree at Columbia, got into this presidential management fellows program, was in D.C. working for the Department of Justice, for the Office of Juvenile Justice, and did it for two years. The idea with the program is you get special perks over the two years, and after two years, their hope is that you will stay with the agency that's kind of invested into your development. But for me, I did the two years, and I was like, okay, government work is really not for me. So I quit, and I moved back to Colorado. And when I moved back to Colorado, I met a woman just met a woman who had acquired a 37-acre property. And her plan was to redevelop that property because it had a number of buildings on it. And so she wanted to redevelop that property. And one of the buildings on the property is about 26,000 square feet. And she wanted that redeveloped into a business incubator. And so when I met her, she asked me if I could develop the business incubator. And so this was in January of 2001. And I said, sure, I can do that. And so that is what got me into Colorado and Denver's small business community because I developed this business incubator as one of Denver's first inner city business incubators. And so what that included was we had to get the building done and refinish. I had to develop the programming, recruit the companies to come into the incubator. And as a result of kind of being in Denver's small business community, obviously, built up my network and my relationships. And after about three years with that organization, was had the opportunity, I left that organization and was hired to become the executive director of the Denver Metro Small Business Development Center, which was located at the Denver Metro Chamber of Commerce. So I was doing that and enjoying my work 
supporting Denver small businesses and developing programs and such. And I did that for about seven years and loved the work that I was doing, and but also felt like it was time for me to move on. Well, it just so happened that that year, there are about 900 small business development centers across the United States. It's a program that's partially funded by the U.S. Small Business Administration. Well, back in 2012, the SBDC that I ran was named number one in the nation by the U.S. Small Business Administration. And I had gotten word that there was going to be a high-level SBA official that was going to be coming to Colorado for an event. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to meet this person. So this person came to Colorado, and actually he there was an event in Colorado Springs, which is probably about maybe an hour away from Denver. So I drive up to Colorado Springs and I put together this bag of swag, you know, to give them. And so get there and I introduce myself to him and I say, hello, my name is Tamika Montgomery. I run the number one SBDC in the nation. <laughs> and so we just got to talking. And as we were talking, he said, you know, have you ever thought about working for the government? And I said, well, you know what? I was a presidential management fellow years ago. And he said, oh, we <laughs> love presidential management fellows. And I said, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm made, if I'm cut out for working for the government. And he said, well, when you come to D.C., because the SBA was going to have this big award ceremony for all of the winners of the different, you know, SBA awards during Small Business Week. Yeah. So he said, when you come to D.C., let's meet and let's talk. So I was like, OK. So anyway, a few months later, so that was in March of 2012. In May, I went to D.C. for the celebration and met with him again, and we just got to chatting, and he was telling me that there was going to be an opportunity opening up at the SBA at its headquarters that he thought, you know, I should really consider and pursue. So I was like, okay, we'll see. Anyway, you know, go through the ceremonies, head back to Denver, and at that time, there was another position in Colorado that opened up as well. It was to be the executive director of the Leadership Foundation in Denver, Colorado. As well, that position that he mentioned opened up. And the position was to be, it was a career federal employee position. And it was to be over the Small Business Development Center program for the nation. So as I mentioned, I was a local small business development center of which there were not there are about 900. So this position was the opportunity to basically run the national SBDC program. So that position opened up, hit the street. So I was like, well, you know what? Maybe I could consider that as a federal position cuz you know it was very different from kind of the entry level position that I had had many years ago. Yeah with the Department of Justice. So I said, okay, well, let me apply for it. So I applied for that position and I applied for the foundation position. Well, government takes a long time. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. You know, nothing moves quickly in government. And so anyway, I was offered the position to lead this foundation. And the foundation essentially was a foundation that took business leaders and educated them on civic issues. And so it would take the top business leaders. And we had a number of different programs that we would do throughout for business professionals. Yeah. So anyway, I got that position. And the day I started that job, I called the SBA and I said, hey, I want to pull my name from being considered. 
And they were like, oh, no, you're our number one candidate. Can you come out next week to interview? I was like, no. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. I'm happy with the choice that I've made. Well, anyway, this gentleman, he calls me up. And he says, Tamika, I heard, he's like, oh, would you consider? I think you'd be perfect for it. And I was like, well, you know what? Can't do it. I'm good. Thank you, you know, for thinking of me, but moving on. So that was in August of 2012. Okay. And then a few months later, well, several months later, I guess, in March of 2013, he reaches out to me again. And he says, you know, can we talk? And I was like, okay, sure. And I had no idea why he would call me because we didn't really know each other. You know, right, I, I we right. just had those kind of couple of encounters. And I said, sure. And he gives me a call and he says to me, you know that the president has gotten reelected. And I said, yes. And he said, you know, when we met, there was just something about you. And I felt like you would be really good for this agency. And he said, do you know how presidential appointments work? And I said, well, I know of them, but I don't really know how they work. Yeah. Because you have to understand, you know, living and working in Colorado and Denver is very different from being kind of in the DC oh, metro yeah. area. You know, it's just, it's a different vibe. Right. So I wasn't involved in politics like that. I wasn't participating on campaigns and doing all of that, you know, national campaigns and things of that sort. That wasn't my background. And so when he asked me that, I said, well, you know, I know what they are, but I don't know how it works. And he said, essentially, a person that is in the administration reaches out to another person that they believe would be a good fit for the administration. And it can go from there. And he said, when we met, I just saw something and I felt like you'd be great for the administration. The president has been reelected. Are you interested in learning more? Are you interested in talking? And so I have to admit, Travis, I was a little hesitant. And the reason why is because I had just taken this role to run this foundation, right? right? right. I, in the role for seven months. So I was kind of like, mm. so I went home and talked to my husband and my husband was like, Hello, this is <laughs> Barack Obama. Once in a lifetime, the, yeah. Right, the very first African American president. Yes, you are interested in learning more. Yeah. <laughs> so I called him back and I say, yeah, let, I'm interested in finding out more. And so over the next couple of weeks, he and I just began to speak more, and he he eventually revealed to me that the position that he was recruiting me for or interested in recruiting me for was his very position. So he was an appointee and had been with the administration. He had started in the first term and was ready to move on. And I was like, wow. So I flew out to DC and I met with the president's personnel office. I met with all of the political leadership at the U.S. Small Business Administration. And then I went back to D.C. and they said, okay, we'll, we'll get back to you. And then over the next couple of months, you know, they asked for more information and I was offered the position. Wow. And what was really amazing about all of this is because that initial position that he was trying to get me to apply for. Yeah that initial career federal employee position, actually, once I was appointed to this new role, actually reported to me. 
Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so he was initially trying to recruit me to work for him, you know, in a leadership role. And uh-huh. I eventually took his role and that position was now reporting to me, wow. which is kind of amazing when you think about it. Oh, yeah. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Well, since this is Build Your Network, where we talk about building relationships and networking and all that kind of stuff, how important and how crucial do you think your ability to build relationships, how crucial do you think that was to you getting that position offered to you? Wow. You know, business is all about relationships at the end of the day. And I think that's it. Because what this man, what I think is amazing about it, it was a man who did this. And so what I think is amazing is this man had a professional career for decades before he met me, right? And I'm sure in that time, he had met people who probably could have fulfilled the role as well. But after having just one, you know, two encounters with me, face-to-face encounters, he remembered me. I was at the top of his mind. And that only happened because I went up to Colorado Springs, I approached him and I introduced myself to him. And so, you know, how you come off in relationships, people do business with people that they like. I think it's only because of that my kind of stepping outside of my comfort zone, going out there Mm -hmm. to meet with him, introducing myself and presenting myself as just being open even is the reason why I ended up in that role. What's up, everybody? Just wanted to take a quick second and give a shout out to my favorite new podcasting app, Himalaya. If you are not listening to podcasts on this app, you are definitely missing out. It's like a social media app, but for podcast listeners. 
follow your go-to shows, like and comment on your favorite episodes, and download professionally curated playlists made just for you. So head on over to your App Store or Google Play Store, download Himalaya today, and then thank me later. I want to get into how you put together a couple of your partnerships, bro, because I think this is this is what ties into the conversation from earlier where we're talking about really cutting your teeth and learning emotional intelligence and how to communicate yeah. with people all from all different walks of life, cultures, backgrounds, mm -hmm. you know, uh, societal statuses and whatever. Um, so I think this is what really ties it in. So let's pick one of these specifically to go into. I know you have a ton of different partnerships and different licensing deals with, with other people, but specifically let's go into the uh, how you guys were able to build a new partnership with uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and what he's got going on. For sure. Yeah. Uh, it goes back to what we talked about before. It's all about value first. When I think about every single person in my life, and let's just exclude my family because they brought me to, to earth, I'm just giving favors to everybody. I can't really think of many people right now in my head that it's like, I owe you one because I'm just value value. I just throw so much value out there. And Gary reached out to Jeff to do the rebrand for Vayner Sports. Jeff did oh, really? it. Okay. Jeff did it. And they go, how much? And I go to Jeff. We're not charging them. Just wait. So we did a Gary on a Gary. So he did, he did the actual design for work. free and Jeff okay. charges a lot. Yeah. And well, I mean, and for a company that can actually pay you. Exactly. Yeah. So that happened. And then what happened? We had an inside guy at Vayner. His name is Justin Giangrande. We had just started popping off the company. So then we waited six months and then Jeff, Jeff had started watching Gary's stuff. Jeff was an artist and now he's starting to have a little bit more business sense. Gary is the one that put him on. And then obviously I'm psychotic about learning and, and listening to podcasts and such. Mm -hmm. So us together, he's starting to get more into business. So like six months after that happened, he's like, bro, are you going to do anything with Gary? And literally it was like a late night and I was at my computer. I was like, eh, yeah. So I put together an email and I go, yo, Justin, we're huge Gary disciples. Here's our revenue the last six months. Do me a favor, get me a meeting. Justin hits me right back with a screenshot from him and Gary. He goes, dope. Get me a meeting with these guys. A week later, we get a, a calendar invite. And keep in mind, at this point, we're not fanboying over Gary, but I mean, this is a guy that we consume all of his content. I oh, highly sure. respect him. Beverly Hills Hotel, we get a calendar invite from 5.15 to 5.30. 15 minute meeting. This is, how, this is how busy this guy is. We get a 15 minute meeting with him. We go there and that 15 minute meeting turns into an hour. It's absolutely explosive. We're on, we're on the Gary V show. And by the end of it, he was just like, I like you guys, come to New York. And I'm from New York. So we go a week later, go to his office, we talk. And we ended up staying in um, the music studio with him until two in the morning, developing like a real relationship with him. He's like, what are we doing here? I was like, I don't know, let's do something. And then we ended up doing something. And it was funny because the real ones know the real ones. And mm, yeah, think about this. In the beginning, that first couple million, Jeff was solely focused on the design. So I'm doing everything else, mm -hmm. doing all the customer, I'm doing everything. So. You know, for these interviews and when I'm on panels, if you're preparing, not not you because you should prepare because you're interviewing someone, but like if, if you're asking me questions, I don't have to prepare because I did it. Right. So Gary's asking me all these probing questions and he's like, this guy knows what he's talking about. Right. Because I'm doing it. So right away that happens. And then parallel to that was a conversation with Scooter. Scooter and Gary are two kingpins. They're both huge Jet fans and they had never been in a business together. So that they were both were happening simultaneous. And then we told both about it. And then we closed the same deal at the same time. Wow. So with Scooter Braun and Gary Vee, same deal. Same time, same deal.
Gotcha. But there's so many parts of this that I that I really love because everything that you're talking about is everything that I teach on the show and try to get people to see, right? Because that's the whole idea behind creating content is yeah. like trying to create a change in somebody yep. and like convince them that this way is of doing it is a better way of doing it than the other way or maybe right. the old way or whatever. So there's a couple of things in that story that, that I want to point out. First of all, I hear a lot of people, especially in the networking, quote unquote, networking world that say like, hey, be interested, not interesting, right? Yep. Like always be interested in the other person. And I agree with that for the most part, but I think it makes people back off on the being interesting part, which is like half of the equation. I like where you're going with this. Yeah, because like you had, you got to be a person of interest in order to demand attention from other people of interest. 100%. So like if you were just another one of Gary Vee's fanboys that like walk into the office, yeah. then you're going to, you're going to leave five minutes later with a picture of you shaking yep. his hand and like, that's it done. Right. Big thing with that too. You can't be a fan and a friend. So you got to pick one or the other. Mm. I don't want to interject though. Keep yeah, going though. No. You're, you're on a good path right now. Yeah, no, totally. And I, I love that you pointed that out. And you can consume somebody's content and be their friend without being like a geeky, like 100%. nerd out fan. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, be, be interested. In my opinion, you got to be interested and interesting. It's one of the things mm-hmm. that I go over in, in my new training that I have coming out because I think it's so overlooked and people stop becoming better versions of themselves and they stop working on certain things because they're they're so forward like others facing that they forget that they also have like you you got to bring something to the table yep. if you're going to be able to connect on a deeper level other than just like oh I shook his hand and we met one time because you can do that with anybody like I can meet mm-hmm. Gary Vee next week I'm sure I could go look at his speaking schedule go to an event shake his hand get a 30 second conversation with him and be on my merry way right but like now you're leaving with a partnership a signed inked deal where you're going to make money with somebody who you've like loved and looked up to for Mm -hmm. a long period of time right so i think it's important to be interested and interesting they have to like you yeah people like interesting people exactly exactly yep it's all part of the story so that piece is there and then there's the value add piece which is something that i harp on all the time and something that not everybody gets but talking with you that you're somebody that just gets it Mm -hmm. like doing a deal like that where you could potentially make a ton of money right now. Like with Jeff turning down money from Gary yep. V saying like, Hey, how much do we owe you? You know what? Don't worry about it. Totally fine. What do you think the Delta was on what good to me? What 15 grand versus what? Right. Right. But it's people wild. get so caught up in it. Don't they like, man, well, I mean, it's 15 grand, man. Like, what? so it's a lot of money. I'm not just going to turn, I'm not going to work for free. You know, it's like, well, sometimes you should, <laughs> you the, know what I mean? The wild thing about it too. And, and Gary says it all the time is at worst, you feel really good. Like, (laughs) you know, some of my really good friends that, you know, they're a little younger than me, like, dude, I'm giving them, I'm like consulting heavy with them. I'm Mm -hmm. telling them everything. Yeah. Like I could be charging them a ton of money, Mm -hmm. but you know how awesome that is? Like when I see them implement what I'm telling them, like that makes me feel good. Right. Well, not to mention like a fast forward a decade. Again, yeah. it's all long-term. It's all a long yeah. game, right? Fast forward a decade, one of those kids that you're consulting right now is the yeah. next freaking Mark Zuckerberg or something less than Mark Zuckerberg that's still like nine figures, eight figures at least. You know what I mean? Like yeah. who are they going to look up to at that point and be like, hey, this is my boy. When back when I didn't know anything and nobody believed yeah. in me, Mark like took the time to sit down with me and like give me his knowledge for free. I'll never forget that. You know what I mean? Like the, like those are the things that are going to like keep you fueled throughout the rest of your career. Like not even just an iconic. If you grow this company, sell it in two years from now, these relationships that you're building, the value that you're offering with people who are out there killing it, like that extends for the rest of your life. And people just don't wrap their mind around how valuable that is. It's funny you say that because Scooter, the second time I met him, I remember it so vividly. 
he had talked about it's not so much who you meet later. It's about the people you came up with hmm. because it's always like you're sitting at that table and it's like your friend, you know, so-and-so needs this. And you're like, oh, I know a guy from 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And it's those people that you can lean on right. that you're really going to be able to help provide value to people. Yeah, It's like you totally. have those really good friends, you know? Right. And you've, like you said before, worked with some incredible organizations, several professional sports teams, different things like that. How were you able to get your foot in the door at those organizations? And then also not just get your foot in the door, but actually be able to work with them. And that's the key is like, I, you know, I would get called by these coaches that read my books and then I would go in and speak. And if I had an agenda, I'd pretty much ruin the relationship and ruin future opportunities. So I was just going there to serve and make a difference and make an impact with that coach and that team because coaches and the players, especially professional athletes can tell if someone has an agenda. Mm -hmm. So, so by going there and just really being there to serve make a difference, I try to take a picture with not trying to make money off them, not trying to be, you know, buddy, buddy in a, in a strange way. It was really about just going and making a difference. And I think because they saw that and other coaches see that they talk word spread, and then more and more coaches want to bring you in. So I have lived this in my life. And again, maybe sometimes I'd be even more, I'd be more successful if I had, you know, more of a focus on, I need to network with that person. I need to connect with that person. And sometimes I think to myself, I need to be better at that. I actually think I need to be. But the way I've done it for me has worked for me in terms of just going in to, to give. And if you are talented and you have a skill set that can really make a difference when you go in that way, people will clamor to work with you because you offer a value that others can't bring. And I don't mean this arrogantly, but I know that there's no one better when it comes to working with teams. and especially sports teams. I, it's just, I know what I'm doing. I know what they need. I know what to share. And I have that confidence when I'm going in it, that, that that's what I'm here to do. And so knowing that it's like, all right, they're going to call. And if, if they don't call, they're not going to benefit. I think there are some teams that could benefit right now. They haven't called. And so I'm like, all right, well, but if they call, then they're going to, they're going to benefit. So that's the way I look at it. Interesting question here for you. Uh, speaking in front of as many people as you've spoken in front of, you've obviously been giving, you've been given a lot of influence over a lot of those people. Um, what is like the most annoying approach that somebody has when they come up and talk to you at one of these events or something like that? Like just something that yeah. is just a complete turnoff that you're just like, you know what, uh, you know, next. The biggest turnoff is when they come up to you and they just suck the energy right out of you because they're all about themselves. And it's mm. like, literally there's 10, 20, a hundred other people waiting to talk. And this person thinks it's all about them. It's like, don't you have any awareness that there's these other people around you and you just think it's about you and your book and what you want to create and what you want to share. And I understand they feel like it's their opportunity, but I can tell that person again, I could sense it right away that that person is not about others. And they're ultimately not going to be successful. Exactly. So if someone, if you come to me and you say, Hey, how can I help you do what you do? How can I really help? I'll send out mail. I will go to events. I will talk about this. I will share this. I don't even know what I would need, but, but if someone just said that and said, I want to serve first, you better believe it. And I have a young man that has said, has said that to me and mm -hmm. sure enough, He's been doing a lot of work. He manages my LinkedIn for me and he's been handling that. And now I'm getting some gigs that I'm giving him to do and go speak because 
he has put in the work. I have seen his character. I know his heart. I know he cares. I know he's not about himself. So now I want to give to him to help him on his journey because I know he's truly not about himself. Now, yes, he wanted to be, he wants to be a successful speaker, but he first came to serve first. Right, right. I, I, it's funny, you know, because I always say that as well. When we, when you're talking about that, the person, the overzealous person that's, you know, thinks it's their opportunity to, to, you know, talk or whatever. It's funny to me because that's the way that I've looked at it for a long time. But at the same time, I don't know a single person that has ever like capitalized on an opportunity because of a pitch that they did when they were standing in line to talk to somebody to like get their book signed or uh, take a picture with them at an event. Like, I don't know. I'm just racking my brain right now. I can't think of one instance where that actually happened. So if if that's the thing that you're looking for to be your opportunity, maybe you should try to start thinking of different ways that you can put yourself in a position to have an opportunity to actually see something happen from it instead of using the time that you could be using to connect with somebody and learn from them and just barf your pitch all over them and make it all right. If someone came up to me and said, John, I want to give your energy bus for kids book, to kids at the Boys and Girls Club. I want to give it to kids in this neighborhood that's really struggling. I'm going to buy your book and go give it to them. Would you do something like that and, and just sign them or, or help me with that? I would be on board with that in a second, in a heartbeat. Now, it would be manipulative if they were just doing that to get to me. Mm-hmm. But, but if someone actually said that, yes, let's serve together. Let's make a difference together. That's the way to do it. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. As most of you know, I talk a lot about giving value to others. This podcast is one of the ways that I do that since all the content from the show is totally 100% for free. And when people ask me how they can add value to me, one of the ways I tell them is to head over to iTunes, hit the subscribe button and leave a rating and review. This not only gives me valuable feedback on what you think about the show, but it also helps me with Apple's algorithm. So please, 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 if you have not done that yet, head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review for the show. It adds tremendous value and it only takes a minute or two of your time. Also, if you have not yet registered for my live event out here at Top Golf behind MGM in Las Vegas this coming November, then you're going to want to head to buildyournetworklive.com to do that right away. Seating is extremely limited, so you need to act fast on this. Head to buildyournetworklive.com to grab your ticket today. Trust me, you are going to want to be a part of this inaugural live event so that in 10 years from now, you can brag about being one of the founding members. Plus, you know me, I promise I will over-deliver on value and make it worth way more than you are going to invest to get here. So have a wonderful rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.